what does it exactly mean to walk in purpose? I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, what does it actually mean to walk in purpose? Well, that's what I want to discover with you. I'm Jody Cell Grove, and I am excited to walk with you, to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17, 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. So welcome back to She Walks in Purpose. This is Jody Sell Grove, and I am your host, and I'm so excited that you have joined me today, but I need everybody to know that it's not just me. I have a guest again as we are entering to, into episode eight, which again, I know I said this the last episode, but I cannot believe we're in episode eight. I just It's just flooring me how fast this is going, but... I am constantly amazed by each one of my guests of of how God is revealing himself to me personally through their stories. And I sure hope, and my hope is in Jesus. So I know that it's an assured hope that those of you who are listening, that he is revealing himself to you as well. And that has been my prayer from the get-go. So As you all know, and if you don't, again, I'm going to repeat myself, please go back to episode one and start from the beginning and listen to all these amazing episodes. Season one is all about his purpose and presence in difficult seasons. Uh, My foundational passage has been Psalm 23. That's just the passage that God had given me to utilize. And I have just been so amazed at the scripture and scripture passages that he has spoken to the guests in in my past episodes. Today, I have a very special guest. I say that every time because every guest is special, but we are actually connecting via Zoom today because she is not in the same state that I am in, although she was at at some point in time because that's how we met each other. So, Kim! Hi, everyone. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, it is sunshiny and heading towards 80 degrees today. And I miss my Nebraska. <laughs> well, you may not miss it today because it's like supposed to be in the 90s. So. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, it's going to be way over that today. But yes, no, I um, I'm definitely a Nebraska girl corn fed beef lover. Um, miss seeing my pastures, um, all the things that you think, oh, if I see another cornfield, you know, um, now I'm in Georgia and it's uh, trees, there's trees everywhere, which I don't know what I thought Georgia was going to be, but I didn't think it was going to be trees everywhere. Um, pollen is awful. Allergies um, in Nebraska are completely different than allergies in Georgia. Your car will be covered in pollen. Your house will be covered in pollen. Um, wow. It's just a whole nother 
world here. And after going through COVID here, I much definitely would have rather been home. <laughs> As we're moving through these different difficult seasons um, in America, I definitely, people have no idea, no idea how lucky they are to be in rural America. That's where it's at. That's where, and I think it's just because it's more of a village there. Yeah. It's more connected there. And it's not that it's not connected in the city. It's just a different kind of connected. I think some people are connected to their Amazon Prime delivery person than more than they are their neighbor. <laughs> yes. I would say that though too, because I see my Amazon delivery person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have never ordered off of Amazon. I've never done that whole thing and people are like what where, where have you been I guess I'm still underneath a rock in some areas I just never have I'm a sea smell touch person um I don't like that they're getting rid of bookstores I don't like that they're getting rid of store you know I want to try it on I want to smell it I want to feel it mm-hmm. but that's just me so tell us more about yourself Kim Oh boy, where do we start? Um, I Back home, most people know me as a hairdresser. Um, I staged some houses back home, did some coaching back home. Now that I've moved, um, God has definitely shifted me. I took the first three months after being here trying to figure out what God wanted for me versus what Kim wanted for me. And, you know, and um, I wanted to live on purpose. And I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And so I stayed in a lot of stillness. I stayed in my pajamas. I hung out. I was like, okay, so this is a taste of retirement. Okay, a girl could get used to this. And then it was like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on. So God had prompted me to do different things. I reached out um, for women's ministry. Anybody that knows me knows that ministry is huge to me. I love pouring into people. For the longest time, it was youth group. I poured into teenagers. And then one time when I was at a um, homeless shelter in Lincoln, God basically slammed me over the head with a two by six and said, girl, uh, maybe you should look at the mamas. You know, maybe there wouldn't be as many broken children if we looked at the mamas. And we're all broken. Hear me say, I'm not saying that I'm holier than thou or that I got it figured out because I don't. I wing it every day with Jesus in AAA. So, um, I, I, um, I don't. And so I really dug into that and what that looks like. And I think what keeps coming up and continues to keep come up yesterday, I was in the jail. So I, um, I deal with corporate women. I deal with next door neighbor women. I deal with whatever woman at the gas station, but I'm also going into prisons and jails now. And God God is so amazing how he works because in my mind and hear me say, I'm not trying to minimize the women that I'm meeting on the inside, but there are just as many women that I'm talking to in the street that are incarcerated, but they're incarcerated in their minds. And so the girls that are on the inside wearing orange, they know they're incarcerated and they may be incarcerated in their minds as well. And so I just feel like God has, um, all the junk in the trunk that I have and the women that I've met prior to like in the chair and in the streets or at the jails, they all, we all have a common thread. We all got stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if we're wearing orange or what we're wearing. If we're wearing cheetah print, do you know what I mean? We all have stuff. 
And God wants to shine light into that darkness. And I really feel like he's using me um, as that vessel. Um, He definitely has pursued me. He's pushed me into areas that I never knew I was going, but I feel very comfortable there. Um, Actually, I feel sometimes more comfortable inside my jail or prison circles than I do the woman church circles, only because it feels less judgment. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that, you know, when you were a little kid and you were on the playground and you're like, hey, and we're all excited to see each other. And like, I watched my granddaughter Lillian do this all the time. She meets new people and she just engages with them and she doesn't care. She runs, she screams, she yells, she hugs, she smiles. And somewhere along the way, we've lost that as women. Mm-hmm. Maybe not completely because I'm still kind of that way, but we are guarded. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we're guarded because I don't really feel like that's what we're called to be. I feel like we're called to be like children and be engaging and show God's light and to smile and to share and to cry together. And, and I think that's the piece that's missing. Um, I feel like people have forgotten that there is no shame and condemnation with Jesus. I think somewhere along the way, somebody said, oh, you're not supposed to behave that way. Well, who's this someone? And could I have a conversation with them, please? (laughs) You know, Um, I think I think somewhere along the way and I shouldn't even minimize it. Like, I think I know somewhere along the way we got wounded and we got hurt and um, we forget to be who we were called to be. Or we stop being who we were called to be because someone said something or someone did something. And that's where we stopped being who we were created to be. And that thing affected us and it changed us. It shifted us and it molded us to where we are today. Um, And some of us have moved through that and some of us are still stuck. Mm. And we're still five on the inside trying to cope. And sometimes those childhood Uh, coping skills from the trauma that we went through does not work in the adult world. And especially if we don't have a relationship with Jesus. And even if you are a Christian, a lot of times we're still trying to move through it on our own. Like we don't wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Instead we say, good Lord, it's morning. And, and we don't even ask him, like we don't even, first thing you do is you grab your phone, you know? Well, what's on your heart? Like what's coming up for you right when you wake up? Are you waking up happy? Are you waking up with guilt? Are you waking up with shame? Like, what are you waking up with? And if you are going to grab your phone, then grab your phone and pull up scriptures. What does the Bible say about blah, blah, blah. And for me, if there's something that's coming up for me, that's like a new, not, it's not new for me, but I've become more intentional about it. When I wake up in the morning and I'm having, like, before I even roll out of the bed to go to the bathroom, I, I like, what am I feeling? What's in my spirit? What am I going through? What, what's left over from yesterday, even though he makes new mercies every day, what's there? If there's nothing, then that's great. But we all know that there's usually something that comes up. And if you really give that time to God, And then, and if it's still there, if it's still eating on me, 
then I need to be intentional. I try not to let it go anymore. And I'm not going to say that I do it every day like that. Sometimes it's, you know, noon before I get it Googled, if I'm going to be honest, because I tried not to be legalistic about it. If it just, because I got to a point where it was like, almost like a checkoff list. Okay. I did my devotional. I did this. And I went about my day and now, and this has been going on for quite a while where it's more intentional. It, it can be driving my car. It can be out pulling weeds. It could be at the grocery store, whatever, whenever it pops up, I take that time because I know that God is trying to reach me. I know he's trying to give me that aha moment. I know that he is trying to speak to me. And sure enough, when I listen, it definitely is a nugget that I needed for the day. Definitely. But it, it never fails. I end up needing that knowledge, that nugget for somebody that I'm running into, if not just for myself, but somebody else that I run into, if not that day, the next, or at least within that week. And I, I'm just learning to give myself permission for the longest time. I didn't even talk about my intuition or um, me talking to God. Cause you start talking to people and saying, um, well, I talked with God today and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you did. And you feel like, and this is my own feelings. You feel like they want to wear garlic around you versus <laughs> and versus like, yes, I'm glad you talked to Jesus. Do you know what I mean? It's like your little secret pal friends you had when you were a little kid, you know, like make room, the seat is for Jesus, you know, and um, not everybody digs in that deep or they get concerned when you do dig in that deep. So you almost feel like you're back in high school and you, it's like, okay, guys, um, I just came back from VBS camp and I want to share with you my Jesus. It, it surprises me that even after all this time, it's a struggle bus for people to sit down and have coffee and Jesus conversations. And so I'm most grateful for this podcast and for the connections that I have for the women that I can sit around and men that I can sit around and talk about my Jesus. So thank you for this. Yeah. So you have a passion. Oh, huge passion. Given to you by God to really help people understand that we're all broken and that we all need. Mm -hmm. I even heard you say that he continues to work with you so that you are more of an open vessel to be able to share him even Mm -hmm. more with the people around you. Absolutely. I also heard that you are a grandma. Yes, I am. Yes. Lilybugs is a blessing to me. And you're going to be a grandma again? I am. And I cannot wait. I do not know what this little bundle of joy is going to be, but I'm super excited that, um, and this baby will be born in October as well. Lily is born in October and actually the baby's due date is October 10th and Lily's was October 11th. So We'll see how this rolls out and Lily will be four this year, which I can't even believe it's been four years since we went through all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, You're and I, should, I shouldn't say all of that. Um, it was a journey. It was a, it was a situation, it, not even a situation. Um, I don't know if anybody's gone through um, things with their children. I'm sure pretty much everybody has, but we all have goals. We all have ideas for our children but we have to remember they're really not ours they're God's and we have to step away and let God be God and um, let him mold and shape 
what his intention is because we've all walked our walk. Our kids have to walk their walk. And we're just along to be a vessel, to be a guide, to help them walk through it. Um, and God will mold and shape however it's supposed to look. Um, we just have to be willing to step aside and humble ourselves to allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you consider yourself a newlywed as well? Yes. Um, yeah, I was saying I haven't got to be newly wedded because of different chapters that have happened in our lives, but we definitely still try to date. We try to date um, more, more, we try to be intentional about our dating. So when we talk about dating, it may not be this lavish, go out to eat, kind of get dressed up thing. It may be a picnic in the living room. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's more intentional dating. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, he has definitely been, um, <laughs> God has definitely learned, taught me different things with being married this time for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, husbands have expectations and intentions and, and God has a plan. God has a plan for, for us women when we learn how to submit and be obedient in that. And it's not my way or the highway. It's God's way or the highway. <laughs> And, um, and God will do whatever it takes to get your attention. If you're willing to be open to that. And one last thing, you also host a radio show. I do. It is absolutely amazing. So, um, God is so good. We are, I'm on the number one online radio station, foxtrapradio.com. And my radio show is breathe like Kim which actually is, if you speak it into your phone, it'll say breathe like him instead of breathe like him. And so everything is like, God has breathed life into my, into me. And um, he's breathing life into each of us and just to be obedient and to be willing to let that happen. So it's a variety show, different people that come on has a variety of things that they've walked through or been through. And it's okay to talk about Jesus. We have 3.8 million viewers. Um, we go into 154 countries. And so it's just awesome to think, well, I can't talk about Jesus. Well, let me hear you say you can talk about Jesus and you can talk about Jesus on any platform and you don't have to be scared. That's awesome. It is awesome. Because I remember having that hesitation of being like, what can I talk about? Can I talk about that? Should I talk about that? Can I talk about Jesus? Is Jesus okay? I get prayed into the studio every time I walk in and prayed out. And that's just the good stuff. That's just Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. It is. And that's even in, that's even in the big city. You know, sometimes you know, people think that that can't happen. It can happen anywhere. And it doesn't even have to be on that platform. It just takes one person talking about Jesus to help change our world. Uh, just one person at a time. I feel like God is calling all of us for a revival and it starts inside of each of us. And I felt like that last year and I definitely feel like this this year. And so I'm starting to talk about it, like the revival. And I know back in the day when I was growing up, that was like a tent thing. And who knew what happened underneath there? There was dancing and who knows what going on underneath there. And, and the revival in my heart is just that it's the revival in my heart. Jesus put it there and I'm trying to share it with other people because that's where it starts just by being nice to somebody and sharing kindness and showing grace and showing God's love. Like, like we talked 
be the hands, feet, eyes, ears of Jesus. If you see a neighbor struggling and they need food and you have food in your pantry, you don't even have to make an announcement. You don't have to take a picture and put it on Facebook. You just go drop off the food. You can do it in the middle of the night. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have the glory because the glory of Jesus is alone. They need clothes, get some clothes, you know, um, give them gift cards, whatever, you know, that's just a simple way of doing things. So as you know, I've asked you to share about a difficult season. So whether you've already moved through it, whether you're just coming out of one or whether you're actually in one. <laughs> when I got asked that question, I kind of chuckled because I was like, okay, well, which one does she want? And actually, like now, it's like a spin cycle for me, for lack of a better way of saying it. So if you think of a hamster wheel, and there's like those little, little spaces in between each one, it was like, okay, so first season was childhood foster kid, you know, moving through that season. Then I had a child, um, at a young age, you know, then I was in a marriage and that ended. And then, you know, I was single for many years and then here we are today. So not to minimize any of those seasons, <laughs> not to minimize them at all. They all played a part, but there was a common denominators in each single one of those that the feelings that I felt or those emotions that I felt through those seasons and maybe because I took some of those emotions with me into the next thing. Yep. Um, because we only know what we know and we're all broken creatures. Um, and so <laughs> broken people break people. So the people that were involved in my life may or may not have broken me. And as I moved through to the next thing, maybe I broke some people along the way. I hope not, but I'm sure I did because I'm human, you know, and to just have grace in that. But the common themes that came up for me as I was looking back and I try not to go back too far just because I've worked through, I've put the work in with trauma counselors and coaches. And so honestly, because I've erased some of it from my mindset, it is a little more difficult to go back and replay it um, just because I've done that homework. I've, I've done that dig in. But the common denominator that came up in each one of those seasons was some triggers that came up, um, was anger, hurt bitterness, abandonment, um, and self-care and self-love and worthiness. So, so those, when you, those are really, those are really big. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes. So so, just, go ahead. Even if you were just going to even talk about bitterness, right. Or abandonment. Yes. I mean, those are, there, there's some, they're kind of some big whammies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they can be quicksand for you if you allow them to be. I prefer to look at them as speed bumps or let's get curious about them. Mm -hmm. um, now, it would be real easy. I'll be honest with you. In each one of these seasons, um, it would have been really easy to curl up in a ball and say, forget it. I'm done. Um, anxiety could have taken over. Um, depression, darkness. And I'm not trying to minimize those words, but I think that people have been quick to label themselves um, instead of doing the homework. They, I, I feel, this is Kim's opinion, um, that people are quick to say, well, Satan, 
Satan is all up in my house. Satan's all up in this. Okay. And I'm not saying that Satan couldn't be. He definitely is alive and he hasn't changed his game since the, before the Bible was written. He comes to seek and destroy and divide. Okay. That's his job. He never changes his game. Okay. So now that we know who he is, okay. He's that neighbor that we don't necessarily want up in our home. Okay. Uh, but how much of it have we self self done? Self-created self-allowed self-invited in and see that's the part where we go ugh, ugh, you know ouch that hurts I don't want to talk about that part I want to blame someone and I call that blaming gaming you know where we want to blame someone else but really when you dig into it the finger if you really want to know the truth comes back to us because we allowed it so when we get mad or pissed about this we're actually pointing the finger back at ourselves Now, hear me say, if something happened to you as a child, I'm sorry, but that is, that, that wasn't you, that, that was somebody that was broken, that, that hurt you as a child. Um, And I'm sorry. And I'm not minimizing that at all. I was a child that had bad things happen to me, but now I'm grown and I can reparent myself. I can ask God to help me walk through that painful experience and because of some of that pain that I've walked through now I I can use that pain that hurt for God's glory I can help bring somebody else and share God's love and how I survived many different things but only by the grace of God did that happen I could have easily (laughs) self-medicated um or self did something because whenever we're hurting, whenever we've gone through a trauma, we try to fix it on our own free will versus going to God. We go shopping, we go gambling, we replace with pornography, men, uh, whatever, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Instead of grabbing our Bible, we grab everything else and we give that the blow horn. We like And we listen to those lies and we let that dictate and control our life versus letting God. For whatever reason, it seems easy to give the addictions or the habits or the hurts the blow horn versus just giving it to God and letting him heal us and walk through. It it would be much quicker if we gave it to God. (laughs) It's not going to be any less painful, but we would heal a lot quicker. And so I I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm getting better about bouncing back from it, but I don't know why we want to do that, why we want to do that self-harm thing. And sometimes it's because of what we've walked through. Mm-hmm. So I've heard you share, you know, the multiple emotions, but they're, they're, they, they're even more than emotions. They're hurts. Mm-hmm. And you said that you've done your homework, which you pretty <laughs> much explained. Mm-hmm. Uh, that homework means facing the pain. Yeah, face it. Um, pick your hurt. Pick Re- your heart. Recognizing that it exists and then allowing God's word, mm-hmm. your relationship with him to help you move through that. Right. And, and some people don't even know how to pray. They don't. And, and, and people make God difficult. And honestly, it's just, it can be, hey, God, it's me. Here I am. 
please have your way with me. Please help mold me and shape me. Or just say, Jesus, 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 and just sit in it. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be any bigger than that. It didn't have to be more than that. And if you need help in this area, reach out to a ministry, reach out to a trauma coach, reach out to someone that you can trust, because this is an area that you need to have a safe spot. But if you're in your home right now, listening to this, and you don't know where your safe spot is, reach out, reach out to Jody, reach out to me. Uh, You know, um, just let God give you discernment in this area. Because this isn't something you walk through by yourself. For the longest time, Jody would be the first one to admit, I go into a hiding season when I'm working through something um, because I, I self-protect because that's what I know that um, I had gone through so many things by myself with Jesus, but, but by myself that I didn't know it was okay to ask. That's mm-hmm. one of the hardest things for me. And I think for a lot of people is just, just ask. Because we're afraid of abandonment. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of, oh, what will they think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're dealing with being able to share God with people and walk through them at that season. And um, our stories are meant to be told. And I think that's where, if we want to talk about Satan for a second or the devil, I think that that's where he comes to seek, still destroy, is he keeps us silent. He keeps us quiet. He keeps us away from other like-minded people. And he like does a spin cycle with us. Like, let me tell you more lies. You know, let me tell you more deception. Let me second guess, you know, let me, you know, have you not trust your instincts. Let me help you. I mean, it just goes over and over. And then you wonder why there's anxiety and depression. And so like, well, you're not talking, you're not releasing it. It's almost like being constipated, honestly. And I don't know why that came up for me right now, but I was like, well, gee, it's almost like, you know, you just don't feel good. You have like a flu, you know, and you need to release it, but you don't tell anybody about it. So you were sharing that as you've thought about these seasons, that there were common denominators and then we mm-hmm. And I, then I asked you questions about those common denominators. So I'm just going to continue. Yes. So, um, like I had said, there's like the self-care and that in itself is a, um, it's a hard button for me because I suffer from people pleasing, um, recovery from people pleasing and being codependent. So when I think about self-care, when it says self in there, I struggle best with that one because it seems like that's selfish. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you can't feed from an empty vessel. You can for a while and you can humor it and you can fake it and you can move through the motions, but it's not necessarily intentional. It's not God confidence. It's not God intentional. It's self intentional. And we want the glory and we want to boast about what I did versus what God did. And self-care is more than a bubble bath (laughs) is more, you know, it can be a walk. It can be a reading. It can be calling that counselor. It can be lots of things. And I think people don't realize that it could just be taking a nap. And when I talk about abandonment, 
Um, abandonment takes different forms for different people. For me, I don't do well well if you ghost me. I don't do well if there's not that connection. Like if I reach out to, to do a phone call with you um, and I don't get a return, I don't mean it has to be that day, but like just some acknowledgement, like, hey, I'm there, I'll get back to you. Just that little text, like, hey, yep, I'll be right, I'll get back to you. Just abandonment has different triggers for me. And, um, and I'm working through those actually now. I put myself back in trauma counseling um, with me going into the jails and the prisons and some of the homeless shelters or being on the street with homeless people. They're, God is so good about um, showing me little nuggets that I thought I was done or maybe I stuffed away um, because I definitely have put in a lot of work because I want to be intentional. I want to be as raw and uncut and authentic as possible with those around me and those that I love because I'm not doing myself any favors. I'm not doing God any favors. I'm not doing my family any favors. If I don't get help, if I don't get healthy, like God has a plan for each of us and it's our job to take care of that, to be able to move forward. I was just going to say that I really like how, uh, I love how God has directed you in your sharing today because what I'm really hearing from you is I've had a lot of seasons in my life and because of those seasons there are beliefs and percepts perceptions that have be, had become truths for mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. through the grace of God he has revealed to me these things that I thought were true that are absolutely not biblically true. They are the quote unquote things that I will have to continue to move through, work out with him, wrestle with him, no matter what season I'm in. Right. It's kind of like, I don't know if any of you guys had anybody say to you, well, those are the cards you were dealt. And then you start thinking, well, I want all aces. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? These are the cards I don't, I mean, these are things that you were taught as a child. Oh, you just be glad you got a roof over your head, a bed to sleep in and food on the table. You better not complain. Well, there's maybe a little bit more to life than that. Do you know what I mean? Um, or, um, you know, uh, just be happy according to who, like, and what does that look like? Do you know what I mean? We were all taught different things. Um, as we grew up, you know, that you kind of question and it's okay to question. Okay. You're grown now. You're in your mom and dad are probably not paying your bills. They're probably not living underneath the same roof as them. If you are, then you might want to take a look at that. Do you know what I mean? And there's reasons to be having your mom and dad with you like health, or maybe you're taking care of them, or you're in a season, okay? But let's put a you know timeline on that season, unless you're helping them with the health thing and they're elderly, can't really put a timeline on that. But what I'm saying is own your crap, <laughs> you know? Like, and for me, you know, I'm grown or I'm half grown or whatever, you know? I had a big birthday this year and it just kind of makes you stop and be like, okay, if I'm still hanging on to this, why am I still hanging on to it? 
like it's like the lady that you see with all that luggage like pretty woman you know with all those bags like it's really not necessarily pretty <laughs> you know um and if you see somebody it's like somebody that has the same football stories you know you're at the class reunion 40 years later and it's the same football story same you know and I'm not knocking any of that I'm just saying that maybe it's okay to release it and um have a God story you know share share that testimony what he's moving you through yeah I I, what I've heard you say and I'm going to go back just to that word release I've heard you say recognize when you need your time so so you talked about taking a nap or you talked about, you know, praying to him. You talked about going for a walk. I think it's important for us to even point out that that's an aspect of releasing. Absolutely. Journaling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Releasing doesn't mean it's going to go away. Releasing no, means, no. First of all, I've recognized it. It exists. It's here. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's, that's a, that's a huge, like celebrate that. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to minimize that. If you see it and you own it and you want to work through it, freaking stand up and clap your hands and celebrate that. Cause that's huge. And huge. that's an aspect of releasing too. At the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And people miss that. I think they think it's a one and done. And that's the next place I was going to go that just because you've taken those steps doesn't mean it's not going to come back. It just might come back looking a little different. Exactly. That's just sin nature. That's just absolutely the sin nature of flesh. Um, It's never going to go away. No. And you have to also look at the fact we don't have to, you get to choose to, um, were you in God's will at the time or were you in the flesh at the time when you were releasing this or when you were noticing it or did you respond out of the flesh or were you in God's will? Were you doing, were you, were you walking in God? And, and I'm human and he went to the cross because I'm human, because all of us are human. He knew we were going to sin. He knew what we were going to do. And so with that being said, I also want you to be able to extend grace when you're going through this, because we're never going to have it perfect this side of heaven. And when you extend that grace, I feel like that becomes more of an authentic conversation with God where you're like, yep, I screwed up again. Yep. I know we've gone over this a gazillion times. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for walking through this with me. I need your strength, discernment, and guidance again. Please show me through your eyes, through your will, through your word, you know, just have that conversation with him. So the question that keeps coming up for, for me, as I've been listening to you, especially these last few minutes is how, as you've done this work, and as you continue to go through your own work through the different seasons, even the season that you are in right now, right you able to recognize his purpose in different situations or through your experience through the through the season and how are you able to recognize his presence um prayer i can definitely tell 
when I'm falling off the wagon, <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it, when I'm more in my will, like, did I just wake up and go through the motions or did I wake up in prayer or did I do it somewhere? I like doing devotions in the morning. That's my own personal thing. Is it always in the morning? Sometimes it's morning, new and a night. Sometimes it's all day, depending on what I'm walking through. We all know when we're walking through stuff. I know when I'm walking through stuff. I'm sure anybody that's listening knows when they're walking through stuff. And so instead of numbing it with, you know, a coffee at Starbucks or a movie or whatever, um, I just get real with God. I get out a notebook piece of paper, you know, dollar store. It doesn't have to be anything fancy and a pen or a crayon or whatever's going on at that time that I can grab. And I just get real. And if I don't have my Bible with me, of course, you can download a Bible app, but I just Google and I literally put, what does the Bible say about bitterness? What does the Bible say about anger? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about whatever? Mm-hmm. And then it just gives me all these different scriptures and I start reading them. And like I was saying in the beginning, when I wake up in the morning, if there's something on my heart or something that keeps coming up, I Google what that scripture is. I put it on a three by five and I carry it with me. Or I send myself a text and I carry it with me. So I can just keep referring to that. Um, I've gone to the dollar store and they have those bandage, those big balls of rubber bands. I've made like mantra scriptures and made my own little bracelets, you know, with scriptures on there to remind me of stuff. So it's kind of whatever works for you. I have post-it notes you know, on the steering wheel or in the car, dry erase markers I put on my mirror Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. It's kind of whatever works for you to keep you centered and to keep you grounded in that season. If you know you're walking through something or you're going for an interview or you're going to have a tough conversation or a crucial conversation with a family member, just pray over it. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out that as you're sharing these different things that you're doing, I want to share with the listeners that all of that is prayer. Absolutely. We've, again, and I call it Christendom, (laughs) we Mm -hmm. have made prayer at certain points in time a legalistic thing. So, you know, when scripture tells us that our lives are to be a living sacrifice, that's in Romans. That's worship. That's, mm-hmm. that's prayer. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to point out to our, to the, the listeners for in particular, that these types of steps are actual prayer. They're, they're communion with him. They're, they're being active in a relationship with him. <laughs> and I forgot to tell you guys, not that I, not that I maybe should be sharing this, but I'm going to, um, but let's say on a Sunday morning, I don't know if everybody Sunday morning is like this, but you know, you're getting up, you're tired from the weekend, but you're going to make it to eight o'clock service. And there may or may not be disgruntled people in your house. Well, you know what, this is one of my favorite things to do. And it's not like one of those crazy mom modes, but everybody knows It's really hard for people to have disgruntled attitudes, consistent disgruntled attitudes when there's worship music playing in the background. (laughs) 
So there's nothing like good old worship music, like upbeat, like, you know, fun, upbeat music um, playing in the background, you know, so I turned that on. So one morning, this is no lie, I had it in my office and it was cranked because Lillian and I had been jamming out in my office and we were dancing and just being silly girls. So I'll never forget it on this one morning. I went to go hit it because I could feel it. I could feel it in my own energy. I wasn't really concerned about other people, but I knew that I wasn't in the right place. So I hit this the CD player <laughs> and it was like on, I don't know, 15. So it just was blaring and like, you know, it's early in the morning and some people like quiet, you know, in the morning, they like darkness and quiet. Well, you know what festers in darkness and quiet, right? not good things so boom up comes a no 15 volume worship music the whole house was very much aware that we were playing worship music that morning but I'm just saying you need to find your joy you know when we were little kids you know I got my joy where down in my heart you know and so you need to bring some of that back into your life even if it's for you to get through the day crank it up you know, if you want a concert, everybody's like, right now there's no concerts. Well, roll down your windows and crank up your favorite worship song and have your own outdoor concert, you know, make fun, have fun with God. Mm, that's good. How are you able to recognize his presence? I just feel him. Like when I'm out on a walk, I, ever since I was a little girl, it's like this wind just comes it's like a wind it's like a wind kiss almost like just like a whisper kiss you can just feel his presence um for me um I just feel him there when I went through one of my really bad accidents when I uh broke my ankle and and tore my rotator cuff and all of that bad accident that I had I remember thinking I was just downstairs in the basement with him for like 15 minutes and honestly like three hours had gone by and he's the only reason I got out of the basement. There's no way I, I got out without him. And I remember just having conversation with him. And I had a deep relationship with him before that, but it definitely increased after that because I knew I was nothing without him. Mm -hmm. There's John 15 right there. Yeah. Um, one of the verses that I like to stick to is Jeremiah 29, 11. Do you want me to read that? Yeah, please. And then I have some other ones that I written down, but that those were more about bitterness. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read that. And then I want you to tie in that. Bitterness. Okay. And I'll be reading out of the ESV. Okay. And that's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. That has been one of the verses that I have clung to because whenever you're going through a difficult season, there's so many promises in that verse mm -hmm. that he doesn't, he doesn't plan evil. He doesn't want evil. He does have plans for us and there is hope. And if you have hope and your hope is in Jesus there ain't nothing that anybody can do to you because you have him he, he's he's your best friend he's your confidant he's your safe space he will give you a safe space when there isn't a safe space mm -hmm. 
That's good. So some of them um, for bitterness that I have written down. And so literally I have pages and pages not with me right now, but when I'm going through something, that's what I literally do, you guys. So whatever you're walking through, I just, like I said before, I just Google, you know, what does the Bible say about anger, bitterness, whatever you're going through. If you just got into a fight with your husband or a strong conversation with your husband and feelings are coming up for you, instead of responding or reacting, take yourself into your closet, take yourself into your private office. I call that my car um, and just sit there and Google that and work through it before you react. Um, which sounds easier said than done. And, and I understand that, but sometimes you need to remove yourself from the situation. So you don't react. So you don't respond because a lot of times if things keep resurfacing, there's a reason why it's resurfacing and you need to find out your part because you can only own your part, not your husband's part or your spouse's part. So um, underneath bitterness, some of the scriptures that I have, and I hope that these die in because these are the ones that I have written down that came up for me this morning. Um, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So ouch, right? Mm -hmm. Ouch. So when we're feeling bitter, when we're feeling ill will towards something or someone, or maybe even ourselves, it takes us right back to God. And Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Yeah, that's, that was a part of the Lord's prayer. Yeah, so that one stings just a freckle. <laughs> because uh, I need God's grace. <laughs> and so I want to make sure that I can quickly and humbly forgive those that have hurt me and not hang on to it for years or time, because I don't want to miss out on God's blessings or his forgiveness or his grace on my life. Um, because not that he necessarily that he closes a deaf ear, but until we get our junk wrapped up, he can. He'll be like, uh, you figure that out. I think it's uh, not seven times of forgiveness, but 77 times of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, honestly, one time of forgiveness is about makes you want to puke some days, let alone 77 times. There's no way that I can do that without God's strength to forgive somebody 77 times. I would love to say that I can, but I, I, you get in your flesh in that sometimes. <laughs> I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Another one that I have is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Oh, hold on. I just lost it. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So again, that's kind of a little whammy as well, <laughs> depending on what you're walking through, um, because hurt is hurt. But sometimes you have to reread that and reread that and reread that and reread that. God is love. 
God is hope. Um, this isn't about us. This isn't about our stuff. This is about letting God mold us and shape us through our stuff and to be able to be more Christ-like, to be his eyes, hands, feet, and ears and doers of his word. And so that helps work through. Now, I'm not talking about faking it. God knows when we're faking it. You know when you're faking it. Um, If you work with teenagers or live with teenagers or kids um, or a detective like I do, um, they know when you're faking it or moving through it. So just be authentic because the only person you're cheating is yourself. So just get in alignment, get back into God's word. He will help you walk through whatever you need to be walking through. And that scripture helps me because a lot of times people use that in wedding vows. And so for the longest time, that scripture hurt me because I'd gone through a divorce. And I was like, yeah, well, what good did that do me? Well, that's selfish. That's pride. That's anger, bitterness, you know, but you just take it right back to scripture. And that's where sometimes it's missing. We ask other people's opinion, but we don't take it back to scripture. We don't ask God. And that's the whole thing. Ask him, mm-hmm. ask him all the way in, you know, the, the other one I have is Philippians four, six. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, before I go there, I'm just going to reference your 77 times the forgiveness part. That's actually in Matthew 18, and it's the parable of the unforgiving servant. So I just wanted to say that here because you sure. reference that. And then if somebody sure. wants to look it up, they know where to go. Right. Yeah. Because I want to keep it scripture aligned. Yep. It, so you said Philippians 4, 6. Yes, ma'am. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So that brings up being grateful. So I have a little list, like, what am I thankful for? What am I grateful for? And so sometimes in the middle of bitterness or anger, you need to refocus and reframe and like, what am I thankful for? Let's pull out of this funk And what am I thankful for? And honestly, there's been some times that I've been so angry and so pissed that I have to look around and be like, the sky is blue. The sun is shining. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like the grass is green. Oh, look at that flower. Do you know what I mean? Whatever it's going to take to get you out of that funk. Because when you stay in that angry mode or that bitterness mode or that funk, I'll just call it funk in the trunk. um, That's where you stay. It's like quicksand. It's like one little nugget. And before you know it, then your, your brain gets on a hamster wheel and it just starts spinning you and you start sinking deeper and deeper, deeper. And so I, um, I don't remember what scripture it is that says, take your thoughts captive, but basically it's almost like you need to just snatch those like a fly zapper, do you know what I mean? Or mosquito zapper and just snap them, zap them and grab them and take them to God. And the quicker you can do that, the quicker you can do that, the better your day is going to be because you're just zapping them. That and you're not. Go that ahead. Is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of Christ, excuse me, against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Yep. Just, just take them captive. Those are sent to seek and destroy you versus to empower and um, keep joy in your heart. Just get rid of them. Let it be a mosquito zapper and just zap them. 
-hmm. and take them to God. Those are good scriptures. Those are awesome applications. Thank you. Thank you. And that's literally Google's there for a reason. Um, if you don't have a Bible, because a lot of people are like, Kim, I don't have a Bible. You know, I'll meet somebody on the street. Um, and it'll be like, okay, hang on a second, let's Google. You have a smartphone. You know, most people these days have a smartphone. It may not be foodie food, but it's a smartphone. You know what I mean? It works. It gets Google. Right. So that excuse is beep, gone. <laughs> yeah. Because some people don't want to download the, de- the an app. You know, oh, I don't want no app on my phone. Okay, you don't have to. You have Google. So don't don't let those excuses stop you from being able to be a vessel. I would say that you just pulled the whole episode together just with that statement right there. Because that is really, I think, that's the statement that would be like the overarching statement of your whole sharing is... And I'm just going to, I'm going to go through it again as a synopsis for the listeners from the difficult, difficult seasons that we've been in our life from the time we were born, we have accumulated beliefs and perceptions that we have basically decided that they are true. And Mm -hmm. what happens is, is as we can continue to move through these more and more seasons of our life, our experiences will tell us if we look at them through those beliefs and perceptions, they'll tell us, oh, that's right. That belief is true. Oh, that's right. That perception is true. And Mm -hmm. shared with us today is not necessarily are they true and how do we well, we have got to look at those things through scripture. Yes. And not our parents, not our teachers, not our whoever that we took this. And that's where it gets tricky because like that might be your mama or your daddy or your priest or your, you know, neighborhood, you know, church going lady or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But it's not God. It's not God's truth. Right. And most likely that's why you're continuing to move through these seasons is that he's wanting you, he's wanting to reveal himself to you in such a way for you to recognize that you have aligned yourself with ungodly truths and he wants to reveal his truth himself to you. And as you, as you've been sharing, you've provided um, really great application pieces of different things that Um, any of us can be doing on a daily basis. But overall, what's happening is, is when we're not recognizing his purpose and his presence, if, and really, if we're just not recognizing him through the seasons that we're going through, then we're not going to be able to be used by him in the way that he wants to be the way that he wants to use us, which in all reality, it's He's not being seen and he wants to be seen through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For his glory. Mm-hmm. From our story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, I hope everybody took away some nuggets from this and I'm most grateful for being here. And thank you once again for having me. Thank you. On this. Just thank you for letting me share little tidbits 
of how God has helped me um, move through this. And, and I, hopefully these little nuggets have helped somebody else because that's what it's about is planting seeds for people to grow in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, Kim. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on Apple or whether it's on Spotify or Overcast, I just ask that you provide a rating, give me some feedback, like the Facebook page, She Walks in Purpose, and know that if you want to support this podcast in any way, check out UniteToKnow.org. It's Fortune Faith Oak Ministries website. If you want to support She Walks in Purpose, I just ask that you support Fortune Faith Oak Ministries. Thank you for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear, recognized the immensity of God's presence, and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are. My encouragement to you is this. Know God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for His glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.